All right, everybody. It is a great honor to welcome back my close friend, Andre Ramirez, back onto the show. Andre, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Mike. Thanks for having me on again. It's a pleasure to have you. And as we were talking before we got on air, it's always an empty feeling when you wrap up week 17 and you're not in the postseason. Unfortunately, as Raider fans, we know that feeling all too well. But what I will say is that finishing the season with a win on the road against a division rival always helps with the pain. And uh, it was very reminiscent, quite honestly, of 2019 uh, in several ways in that last year, the 7-8 and eight Raiders went into Denver week 17, pulled within one point, went for two, and did not convert. But this year, they found themselves in almost the exact same scenario, but found a way to get Darren Waller the ball in the end zone, and they won the game. Dre, what are your initial thoughts on this Week 17 game? The, f- the funny part about it being very reminiscent is, if I'm not mistaken, it was even in the same end zone as last year as well. I think I just got done uh, watching Carr's post-game interview, and he was even talking about how it was in the same end zone. Um, but, you know, Mike, um, this one was a tough one to watch just in the sense that um, we weren't playing for anything. And like you said, we Raider fans are very used to that, unfortunately. But it's always good when – you win a game in the NFL, and I also think it's really good when you end the season on a win as well. And we saw some uh, bright spots with with some guys that I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little bit. So um, overall, I'm very pleased. Obviously wish that we'd be playing for more, but very pleased that we ended the season with the win. For all the listeners that have been tuning into the podcast every week, A, I want to say thank you. I mean, seriously, I definitely appreciate the support. It's been a lot of fun. But B, if you've listened to my last three or four uh, post-game episodes, you've definitely seen the negativity and toxicity kind of creep into my voice, creep into my thoughts. And it's hard not to when you finish the season two and five after starting six and three. But what I will say is I think in some strange ways, Gruden exercised some demons today uh, in that to win the game, he made an aggressive decision to go for two. He could have kicked the, the PAT to go to overtime. And B, he was able to score a red zone touchdown uh, with Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think that those are all some good things. And I think as we kind of reflect on this game, as you had alluded to, there are some positive takeaways that can kind of give us a pulse going into the offseason. Something that I really, really liked, and I know you're going to love this, I love that Brian Edwards got his first touchdown today in Denver tell me about that Mike yeah I was really excited to talk about Brian Edwards and I think I don't remember who I was talking on Twitter with Uh, it may have been Evan Grote host of the Just Pod Baby podcast great podcast Uh, we were talking about the Nelson Aguilar uh, dilemma right and and, and that is that Aguilar has clearly far outplayed his contract but the Raiders drafted two receivers very high last year a Henry Ruggs, number 12 overall, and then B, Brian Edwards, who was a third-round pick, who was kind of the talk of, of training camp. The guy's a physical specimen. Uh, he, he was obviously the all-time leading receiver at South Carolina. And it seems like although he hasn't gotten a lot of targets this year, every time he does, uh, he converts. Uh, so to see him finally get into the end zone was exciting. He had two receptions, 51 yards today. And Andre, that touchdown that he had was an absolute beauty, a pure hands catch, uh, boxing out the the cornerback into the back of the end zone. 
that that was truly a beauty. And then his counterpart, Henry Ruggs, uh, he was okay uh, up until the fumble. He had three receptions, 38 yards, uh, but he did get knocked out of the game uh, and had the fumble. Andre, I, I think these two receivers definitely give some excitement for Raider Nation in that they could be very good on rookie contracts. Uh, but that's kind of my takeaway going into it. I, I, I completely agree, Mike. Um, I, I think we all can say, you know, after seeing them play is that they, they have potential. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to go into this too. You know, it's all about coaching. It's all about finding situations to get them to reach their potential, even exceed their potential. But um, I, I think Brian Edwards can do some great things for us. I also think Ruggs can do great things for us. So I was really happy to see them. Um, and you know, the, the crazy part is, you know, Ruggs only caught three balls, but it seems like he was more involved today. I don't know how you feel about that. Same thing with Edwards. It just seems like they were more involved. And that's something that the coaching staff has to figure out with these guys because they are young talents. We drafted them pretty high, just like you said. Um but I think they could do some good things for us in the future. Absolutely. And I think the real dilemma, as I alluded to, is, is what do you do with Nelson Aguilar? I mean, do you spend big bucks to retain him when you just invested a, a number 12 overall pick in Henry Ruggs? Obviously, I think that you will see some cap casualties with the Raiders in the next few months, uh, whether it's Trent Brown, Tyrell Williams, a few others. That's going to be something to keep an eye on going into the offseason. But there's no question about it that Ruggs and Edwards will obviously be uh, major parts of the game plan going into 2021. And Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr, I mean, we, we could spend a whole podcast about him, and maybe we will. But there's no question that Carr will be back uh, in 2021, regardless of, of where you land on the Carr spectrum. He's a very polarizing player amongst Raider fans, but Andre, I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the two best players for the Raiders. And, and that's subjective. That's my opinion, but the two best players uh, in my opinion are Darren Waller, of course, and Josh Jacobs. I thought both of those guys had big games and historic games. What were your thoughts on those two? I would agree with you greatly about that, Mike. They are our two best players. And I would say that they're probably, um, some of our most consistent players as well. I'm really glad that Waller got the record um, with the great or beating the great Tim Brown. Um, and quite honestly, he deserves it. He's a great player. And um, man, I'm, just, I'm really glad for Waller. He's a great pickup, man. I don't know what you think about that. Or obviously I know what you think about that. Um, and same thing with Jacobs. Just thinking about these two, Mike, it gets me really excited. It gets me really excited. And it's just a bummer that the, the season's already over. It seems like, you know, it started yesterday, don't you think? Yeah, it's a little bit surreal. I remember getting excited to record my first ever post-game podcast for the Carolina game. Uh, I don't remember if you were on that one or the following week, but and just like that, the season's over. But when you look at a Darren Waller, to pass Tim Brown, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, with, with the all-time single-season reception record for the Raiders. I mean, this is a franchise that was one of the OG NFL franchises back in the AFL days. That's, that's big time. That's incredible. And especially when you look at the story, what he's overcome on a personal level with his drug addiction, it's very inspirational and I'm really excited for him. Uh, I'm happy for him. And I look forward to him uh, coming back in silver and black next year. Uh, and I, I, in regards to the game today, he was very good. He had nine receptions, 117 yards and a touchdown. He did have that fumble. And he did have that tip pass, that car. It was probably on car, but that led to an interception. But overall, you're right. 
Uh, Darren Waller is consistent game in and game out. Uh, and there's no, there's no secret that he was able to uh, put together back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Uh, and speaking about back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, Josh Jacobs did the same. Now, I know the yards per carry weren't as sexy in 2020 as they were in 2019, but it's still pretty cool when you look at a Josh Jacobs. He finishes the season with 12 rushing touchdowns and ba- and he starts his career off with back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Those are two guys that the Raider fans could hang their hats on going into uh, the future. Uh, and, and Jacobs, obviously, on a rookie, rookie contract will go well in addition to that. Now, looking at the defense, Andre, Obviously, we're going to spend a lot of time uh, on the podcast talking about the defense. Uh, Raiders Twitter will scrutinize every single player, move, option, defensive coordinator, candidate, etc. Uh, but I did think there were a couple of bright spots on defense today. What were kind of your takes? Before we move on to defense, I just want to say we got to get Josh Dubow on here to tell us how many snaps the starting line got. Um, and the reason why I want to bring that up is because isn't it impressive how Josh Jacobs back to back a thousand yard seasons? I think last year the starting the starting line was for the most part intact, but this year, man, um, it was something else. So I think just just to piggyback on what you said, Josh Jacobs is going to be a special player. You know, a thousand yards with a beaten up O line and all these different players going in different positions. Um, so kudos to Josh Jacobs. But in terms of defense. Um, I'm actually impressed with Littleton. I think we we talked about this a little bit before the pod. Maybe we were texting back and forth, but he quietly had a pretty darn good game. And ever since the absence of Gunther, um, he's, been, he's been doing a lot better. <laughs> Honestly, he's been doing he's been he's been doing yeah. what we signed him up to do. We've been getting these linebackers that can't cover in space or, or essentially um, aren't the modern day linebackers that we see in the NFL in college now. And so he was supposed to fill that role and he's been doing a lot better ever since we had Marinelli um, coming in and, and taking over the DC duties. So um, I'm really excited for Littleton. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think Littleton since Marinelli's taken over, he's looked better. I mean, he is, when you talk about prototypical linebacker in today's NFL, that's him. I mean, the guy was a safety in college. He's a freak athlete. He will be back next year for the Raiders, and hopefully whoever we sign on as defensive coordinator could find a way to utilize him because the guy's definitely an athlete, and, and he definitely finished the season on a high note with some uh, key open field tackles. He had a TFL and nine total tackles. But quite honestly, I think one of the best defensive players in 2020, and it's not saying much, your defense was pretty bad. But it was Nicholas Morrow. He's a D3 guy, as you and I were. Uh, Ten tackles, one TFL, one sack today. Honestly, when you look at this defense, I think the linebackers, let's keep them intact. I think Nicholas Morrow is going to hit free agency. We'll see what happens. Kwiatkowski and Littleton will be back. But everywhere else is kind of a question mark. When you look at the secondary, we have two first-round picks back there, and they both struggled. They both struggled. And I'm talking about Damon Arnett. I'm talking about Jonathan Abram. What were your observations uh, with the secondary, particularly those young guys? You know, it's hard to say, Mike. Um, it, it's hard to say because they're, they're so young. I mean, I mean, I think we all tend to forget that Abram's a rookie, essentially. Um, and so it's really tough to – to me, it's really tough, obviously, to make the transition from college to the NFL. But to do it so quickly, how they had to um, with the COVID offseason and, and everything that's going on. So I want to give them for the benefit of the doubt. 
but at the same time, you know, um, I, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, you know, you're in the NFL, you're expected to get better every single week. And there have been times where we saw Abram flash. There'll be times where we saw Arnett flash. And then all of a sudden they go down. If they go up and down, up and down. Um, I, I, I think they have potential, but it, it's a big question mark uh, going into the off season. And I think that's a great segue when you talk about the off season and we're not going to get into too much detail today. We'll have plenty of time, uh, unfortunately, too much time to break down the offseason as the season's over here. But uh, John Gruden, uh, in, in my estimation, Andre, and for all the listeners out there here on the Ottawa podcast, his success as the coach, as the GM of the Raiders is going to be predicated on the draft. And quite honestly, we have a lot of first round picks that he handpicked that have not panned out. And we'll break down each one of them uh, throughout the offseason. But when you look at Gruden's tenure back with the Raiders, 2018, we went 4-12, 2019, 7-9, and then 2020, 8-8. We improved by one game. Uh, we, we could break down uh, this season in many, many, many ways. There's some, some good. We started off fast. There's some bad. We finished very poorly. But that all comes down to the first-round picks, Andre. And I think Damon Arnett, John Abram, uh, Clee Furl, uh, they've been pretty disappointing. Henry Ruggs, he's been disappointing. Uh, Jacobs has been pretty good. Uh, Colton Miller has been pretty good. Uh, but you need to hit on more draft picks than you miss on. And I think that's that's kind of where we're at as a franchise right now, uh, which is what? I guess you a mediocre record, and we're 500. We're 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, That's going to be key, right, is can, can the 21, 2021 draft class uh, be as good as the 2019 draft class was, right? And can the 2020 draft class – uh, find some production because it was pretty disappointing this year. But uh, we talked about Brian Edwards. He has some, some, some juice. We talked about Henry Ruggs. Uh, obviously the physical abilities there, can he develop his receiver skills uh, to become uh, a more productive player? But I think on the grand scheme of things, Dre, that's really where Gruden, uh, who I think will be on the hot seat, hot seat going into 2021. That's where his success uh, is going to make or break uh, his tenure as a Raider uh, coach, because, He's 19 and 29 since he's back. 10 games under 500 is not good enough, but Mark Davis is giving him the benefit of the doubt. Year four has to be a playoff push. That's my takeaway on it. Dre, what are your thoughts? I agree with everything you said. I think another thing that's going to be important is getting the right coaching staff, getting dialed in on a, the right DC defensive coordinator for us. Um, I, looking back at the season, everyone that you named, talented guys you know whether you agree with you know how well they did the season there's a lot of upside with abram there's a lot of upside with arnett um even with uh trayvon mullen you know he didn't have a great year but there's still you see some flashes so being able to get dialed in on a coaching staff to coach these young guys up which is what we tend to forget you know these guys are young guys um if we can get a dc a good support staff to get these players dialed in on their job their technique little details um i think it's very possible to make a playoff push um next year especially with um the offensive weapons that we have um i was just getting done talking to one of my buddies and he was telling me all we needed this year was a middle tier defense and probably would have had a a better shot of getting into the playoffs so um getting the good support staff for our defense and you know hoping the draft picks pile up with the defensive uh, coaching staff that we should be getting um, 
but I'm pretty sure we'll talk about that later on in the pod. Um, probably not today, though. No doubt about it. And it's funny, Dre, you and I, we've talked about it a lot. Derek Carr, he, and I said this going into the season, the season's over, and I still hold the same sentiment, right? He is a uh, on a good year, he's probably like in the 10 to 12 range. On a bad year, he's probably in the 16 to 20 range. But he's an upper middle class quarterback, if that makes any sense. I, I think that's kind of where he, he levels out at is in the 10 to 12 range. You can win with a quarterback like that. Uh, I know there's a lot of car haters out there, uh, but if you can legitimately upgrade from him, so be it. Do it. Uh, but when you pick 17th in the draft, obviously Trevor Lawrence and the Justin Fields of the world are going to be gone. Uh, so I think Carr is back in the fold in 2021. Going into this game, we were 11th in the league in scoring, which is very good. Uh, so you're 100% right. I think if you fix the defense, uh, and easier said than done, right? But even if you get the defense from bottom three to middle of the pack, uh, that could be the difference between an 8-8 eight and eight record and a 10-6 and six record or an 11-5 record. But that's something we will certainly keep an eye on going into the 2021 offseason. Andre, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I love talking silver and black with you. For all the listeners out there, where can they follow you? Of course, I got a few followers that came on me, uh, came up on me um, after listening to the pod. I appreciate you guys, but you can follow me on Twitter at Dre Ramirez three. I would love to talk silver and black with all of you guys. So feel free to follow me and mention me and we can talk Raider ball anytime. Andre, thanks again. Happy new year's. And we will definitely love it. Thanks for having me, Mike.